All right, all right. Well, hey, it's good to see everybody. It's a good crowd here today. Um, and hey, uh, if, uh, if you got a Bible, go ahead and open up your Bible to Luke chapter 16. Luke 16 is where we're going to be at in just a minute, so go ahead and open up your Bible. And as our band is making their way to see, Joey, would you raise your hand? Right today, today is Joey McKinney's birthday. Let's give it up to Joey McKinney. There you go. Our lead guitar player, and he's sporting an amazing Star Wars t-shirt today. I do not know if you can tell, but Star Wars is kind of the secret sauce here at some Alright, well hey, Luke 16 is where we're going to be today. Uh, we're going to have a good time today, even though you think that sounds weird, because the sermon is what happens when you die. So you think, oh, that doesn't sound very fun. But it's gonna, we're, we're going we're to have a good time today. God's going to do a lot here. But, um, but here, here's what I need. Um, I, I, need some, I need some crowd participation today. I, I need you to help me out with something. Uh, so I'm going to ask you some questions here. And, and just if this applies to you, raise your hand. If it does not apply to you, don't raise your hand at all. Okay? But, um, but here's, here's the question. It's real simple stuff. How many of you have ever been to the beach? Raise your hand. Beach people. Okay? Well, most. Almost. Almost all the hands. But did you notice a few hands didn't go up? Right? So, so beach people could help out our non-beach people today. So like if you went to the beach, a lot of you didn't raise your hands. A lot of people did, but most, a, lot, a lot of people didn't raise your hands. And so if you've never been to the beach, then you might have questions about some things that you need to do, you need to bring at the beach. And so some of you people who go to the beach, you could stand up here on the stage and you could help them out. Maybe you could stand up here on the stage and you could, you could tell them the kind of sunblock they need to use. Or, fellas, you can stand up here on the stage and tell the other guys the kind of Speedo that you like to wear. Uh, you go to the beach, right? Because you do that when you go to a beach that you don't think nobody's going to know you at, and then you post pictures of yourself on Facebook. Thanks. Um, <laughs> no, I don't know. I wouldn't clash with that. Um, but, but, but you can help people out who haven't been there because you've been there. See, this is exactly why there's so many different opinions 
about what happens to you after you die. So, so you might be here, maybe you know somebody that believes that once you die, there's nothing that happens. Once you die, your, your body doesn't ground, your body decays, you become worm food, and that's it. There's nothing else after you die. That's it. You might believe that today. Uh, you, you might be here today because of the crowd decides, I'm sure that there's all kinds of different opinions about what happens when you die. You might be here and you believe in reincarnation. And so, so when you die, you believe that, that you might come back as a, as a dog. If you're a jerk, you come back as dog poop. I don't know how that works for you, but you might believe that today, right? Because all kinds of, and listen, all kinds of different opinions about what happens to you when you die, because none of us ever have. We, we've never been there before. We've never experienced that. So how are you going to answer that question? See, the reason, the, the way that you ask that question is just like what we mentioned earlier. And so, like so many things that we do in life, sometimes in life, you want to talk to somebody that's been there, don't you? Sometimes in life, before you go and you drop your $10 to see that movie, you want a review of the movie to see if it's worth your $10. And so you want to talk to somebody that's seen that movie before. So many times you want somebody that's been there. You want somebody that's done that. You want a little bit of an expert. You want somebody that's got some experience. And see, this is what sets Christianity apart from every other world religion. I mean, you might be here today, and you might think that all religions say the same thing. And, and listen, if, if that's you today, maybe you're just kind of giving this a test drive, somebody invited you, you really don't know how you ended up here today, you don't believe in God at all. Listen, if that's where you're at, we are pumped that you're here today. We are excited that you're here today. But that might be, uh, that might be uh, you today. You just, you just don't believe in God. So you're just kind of giving this a test drive, but maybe you or maybe somebody you know thinks all religions say the same thing. But they don't. Because Christianity is in a class all by itself. Well, hey, man, of course you're going to say that. You're a pastor. They pay you to say such things. Right? But see, Christianity says what no other religion in the world says. Christianity is in a class by itself because Christianity says thousands of things that other religions don't say at all. Let me give you the chief example of the thing that only Christianity says. See, only Christianity says, no other religion says this, only Christianity says that the guy who started this thing, Jesus, died and came back to life. Islam doesn't say that. No other religion in the world has their founder dying and coming back to life. Only Christianity has that happen. Jesus dies. The Bible doesn't even just say that Jesus comes back to life. The Bible, in fact, goes beyond that. Because the Bible says that Jesus died and that Jesus came back and be dead. That Jesus was dead three days and that when he came back to life, Jesus Christ absolutely, completely whooped death's tail and he beat death. So how in the world can we know what happens to you when you die? Well, let's listen to the man that died and came back beating death. Because listen, what he says, what he says, and maybe you're not here today, maybe you're like, you're just checking this out, you don't believe in the 
resurrection? Hey, listen, you're not asking anything, you're not saying anything. None of us have ever said before. Love talked to you about that. But what he says, the man who died and beat death, coming back from it three days later, what he says, because he's been there and he's beat back, let's listen to what he says. Because today, Jesus wants to teach us three things about death today. Jesus wants us to see three things about what happens to you when you die. So from the front to the back, to the right to the left, wherever you're at today, hopefully you've got a Bible, or you turned it on in your phone, whatever. So Luke 16 is where we're going to be today. And Jesus is going to teach us three things about death. If you don't have a Bible, and we say this every week here, son, so we say this every week. Well, listen, if you don't have a Bible, that's perfectly fine. Because this word's going to be up on the screen behind you, and they come right there. And when you leave today, we've got three Bibles in the back. So maybe you've got a Bible at home and you just have a real hard time understanding it. Listen, when you leave today, they're in the back. On that table in the back, you got one. You just take one home with you. Okay? Just take one of those home. But Luke 16 is where we're going to be today. And Jesus is going to teach us three things about death. Let's read what he says here. This is Jesus talking, and he says this. There was a rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and feasted sumptuously every day. And at his gate was laid a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who desired to be fed with what fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, even the dogs came and licked his sores. So there's two main characters in what Jesus is telling us. There's a rich man, we don't know his name, and then there's a poor man, his name's Lazarus. And this guy is so poor. He hangs out at the dumpster at this rich man's house every day, just hoping that he throws something away that he can eat. So there's a rich man and a poor man named Lazarus. Those are your two players in the story. Let's continue with what Jesus says. The poor man died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's side. We'll talk about that a little bit. That's heaven. Okay? That's heaven. The rich man also died and was buried and in Hades. We'll talk about that too. That's heaven. Being in torment. If you've got your Bible, you should underline that. Don't be afraid to write the books in your Bible, right? If you've got your Bible, you should underline that word torment. He lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham far off, and Lazarus at his side. And he called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus to dip me into the finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in anguish. You should underline that word. In this flame. You should underline that word. But Abraham said, Child, remember that you in your lifetime received your good things and Lazarus in like manner bad things. But now he is comforted here and you are in anguish. And besides all this, between us and you, a great chasm has been fixed in order that those who would pass from here to you may not be able and none may cross from there to us. And he said, Then I beg you, this is the rich man, then I beg you, Father, to send him to my father's house. Let that poor dude come back to life so that he can go back to my house and tell my relatives who are still alive that don't believe any of this stuff that they need to get right with Jesus because this place stinks. That's what he's saying. Right, five brothers, so that he may warn them, lest they come also to this place of torment. But Abraham said, They have Moses and the prophets, but hear them. In other words, hey, they've got part of the Bible, they can read that. It's the same thing in there, so they can go to church. And he said, no, Father Abraham. No, that's not good enough. No, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they'll repent. Yeah, they will because it'll be a zombie in their house. They'll probably kill them too. <laughs> I, I do a lot of zombies. Yeah, that's 
crazy. He said to him, watch this, he said to him, they don't hear Moses and the prophets. Neither will they be convinced of so much of Christ from the dead. In other words, if they don't believe what God's already said, why would they believe something like that? See, Jesus wants us to see three things about destiny. Three things that you need to know. If you take a note, you should write these three things down. Three things that you need to know about death. What will happen after you die? Here's the first thing you need to know. What's going to happen when you die? Here's the first thing you need to know. Everyone dies. Number one, first point, everyone dies. Everyone dies. Everyone dies. Did you know that? Did you know that everybody dies? Did you know that? Did you know that? You know, I haven't checked the statistics lately, but the last time I checked, the statistics are pretty high for the amount of human beings that die. Did you know that? Did you know that everybody dies? Everybody dies. See, here's the thing. Here's the thing. And somebody shares on some of your faces. You're looking at me and you're like, well, of course we do. But here's the thing. I'm convinced a lot of people don't. I'm convinced a lot of people don't think this is true. Because you can say, hey, you know what? We believe everybody dies, but you don't live like that's going to happen to you. So many people, and maybe this is for somebody in the room, you might believe that one day you're going to die, but you don't live like one day you are going to die. I mean, think about so much of what we spend our lives on. More investments, getting more things, getting a nicer car, getting a bigger house, getting more in our portfolio, making sure that we can retire earlier, getting more, getting more, saving more, saving more, saving more, and then you die. And listen, listen, I, I, nothing is wrong with saving, nothing's wrong with retiring, nothing's wrong with the house and the car, nothing is wrong with that, but listen, what happens to that stuff after you die? Think about even the way that we tell people to plan out their lives. You ever thought of that? Think of the advice that we give to people who are trying to plan out their life. Maybe you're a senior in high school or college, or you're just trying to get your life on a different track. Think of the advice that we give to people who are trying to figure out their life. Well, what you need to do is you need to go to this kind of school so that you can get into this kind of career, make this kind of money, because if you can make that kind of money, that's going to give you a really good life. Then you want to marry this kind of person. Maybe you can have some great kids who can go to this school, and eventually you want to work your way up and living in that neighborhood. Because everybody in that neighborhood, they arrive. They're at the American dream. And really what you want to do is you want to retire at a certain age so that you can spend the rest of your life, maybe 10, 20 years, however, you, however early you can retire, playing shuffleboard. Hanging out, watching TV, and then you what? Die. See, there's so many people in the room this morning, and you've got this life figured out, and then you die. What's next? What, what after that? Now, I remember, I was thinking about this, I was putting this together. Um, I remember when I was in high school, do you remember those shirts that said no fear? Do you remember that? Like, no clear, man. Like, yeah. And, and we all thought we had those shirts, and you know, and you know, and, and it's still today. Like, I haven't seen anybody wearing a no fear shirt. Because if you are, hey, the nineties fall. Um, but but I'm just saying, nothing does wrong with it. But uh, there was my God, I still see I still see people with this sticker on their car, and maybe you even had this shirt. Have you ever seen this shirt? 
the one that says, you can finish the TV, TV finish it. He who dies with the most noise wins. Right? Did you, you may ever have that shirt. That's up right now. I'm making fun. I, nobody is great. Now, there we go. Hallelujah. Right there. One honest man. Some people need this. I'm great for you, sir. Right, right. You have to pay people to do it. But I still see that. I still see that sticker on people's cars. Right? He who dies with the most toys wins. No, listen, listen, listen. He who dies with the most toys dies. That's it. He who dies with the most toys still dies. Because listen, I don't know if you've ever thought about this. Did you know that you're going to be dead longer than you're living? Eternity is longer than this life. And see, here's what happens in the story that Jesus tells. Jesus tells a story about two men. One's rich and one's poor. And all of a sudden they wake up, they're going about their day, and then they suddenly die. The rich man's assistant is walking to his room and say, here's what's coming up for you today. You've got a 12 o'clock lunch and a 1.30 p.m. and a 2 o'clock you'll die. He just died. The, the poor man, he just died. You see, because death works that way. Death is kind of ruthless that way. It comes unannounced, doesn't it? This is why you know people, you know people that die too soon. It just shows up. Want to watch your kids grow up and then all of a sudden it comes for you. You want to take that vacation and all of a sudden it comes for you. Everybody dies. Including you. Including me. Everybody dies. The second thing that Jesus wants us to know is not only does everybody die, but everybody goes to one of two places. Everybody goes to one of two places. Jesus doesn't say in here that after you die, you cease to exist. Jesus doesn't say in here that all dogs go to heaven. Okay? Jesus doesn't say in here that when you die, you go to purgatory. Kind of like a waiting room where you just get cleaned off and then whatever's left of you gets rubbed off so that then you can go to heaven. Jesus doesn't say that. One of two places. Heaven or hell. See, when we die, our bodies go into the ground and our souls go to one of two places. Our bodies go into the ground, but our souls go to one of two places. And the poor man, he goes to heaven. And Jesus wants to say a lot about heaven in this story, but Jesus, we saw this earlier when we were reading, Jesus calls heaven Abraham's side. Your Bible might even say Abraham's bosom. And see, when Jesus says, when Jesus calls heaven Abraham's side, he's trying to paint a picture of what heaven is like. He's, he's trying to show you a little bit, this is what heaven is going to be like. And when Jesus says that heaven is Abraham's side or Abraham's bosom, what he thinks is that, is that heaven is going to be a place of eternal security, eternal comfort, eternal joy. Nobody freaks out about anything in heaven. Isn't that awesome alone? Isn't that awesome right there? There's no stress in heaven. No anxiety in heaven. Nobody's running around wringing their hands in heaven. There's no pain in heaven. There's no disease in heaven. There's no, there's no sickness in heaven. It's absolutely perfect. And the best part of heaven, listen to this, the best part of heaven is that we will be with Jesus. That's the best part of heaven. The best part of heaven is that we'll see him, he'll see us, 
We'll feed with Jesus. We'll see Him. Listen, the best part of heaven, and I believe that we'll know people in heaven. Will we know people in heaven? Will we know our loved ones? Will we know people? Absolutely. We'll know everybody. We'll know everybody. No, our, our, our spouses, no, our kids, if they're there, we'll know our relatives, we'll know Paul, we'll know everybody, in the world. we'll know everybody, we'll know everybody. But the best part of heaven is not that heaven's going to be this eternal family reunion. You know? Oh man, I can't wait to go to heaven. I get to see my sister, I get to see my brother. Listen, that's going to be amazing. But the best part of heaven is that we get to see Jesus. We will be with Jesus. That's exactly why. That's exactly why Paul in the book of Philippians says to live as Christ and to die is gain. Why? Because you kill me, then I get what I want. Jesus. You just take me out. He says to speak one time. Take him out. Take me out. I just win. Why? Because I'm going to be with Jesus. The best part of heaven is Jesus. Listen, and in heaven, we'll worship him. Well, see, listen, if you think Summit is loud, you ain't, listen, you can't prepare yourself for the kind of sound system they're rocking in heaven right now. It's loud up in heaven. I mean, it's crazy loud up in heaven. It's the loudest concert you've ever been to. And we will sing. Some of you, let me say that again. We will, watch my, watch my lips, sing. Because this is what some of you do every Sunday. People around you are talking. What's your problem? I'm praising the Lord. <laughs> Shut up. Just loving Jesus, man. And that's all it is. Now singing, you just look like somebody punched you in the face. Listen, and listen, listen, listen. This might not be for anybody in the room. This might be for nobody. But listen, if you don't like singing here, heaven will stink for you. That's all I'm saying. That's all. If you don't like, because listen, the reason we sing every Sunday isn't because we're trying to find stuff to fill up an hour. The reason we sing and we rock it out every Sunday and we sing about Jesus is because we're training for heaven. Did you know there's no preachers in heaven? Some of you instantly, you wanted to go right there. You never wanted to go at all, but now you want to go. Now you want to go. Like as soon as I get to heaven, I get unimportant. But Rick Steele is rocking it out of heaven. There are, there are worship leaders upon worship leaders upon why? Because you are going to sing. And if you don't like to sing now, I don't know what to do, bro. I, I got nothing for you now. No! You're going to sing. Why are you going to sing? Because you're going to be with Jesus. You're going to be with Jesus. But see, Jesus didn't stop there. I mean, it'd be awesome if, it'd be awesome if the service just ended right there, really inspirational. I love that church. I feel so good. But Jesus didn't stop there. Because see, the poor man went to heaven with the rich man. Goes to a place called Hades. And Hades is another word in the Bible for hell. And see, we don't like hell. Like, well, we don't know what to do with hell. Right? Well, hell kind of freaks us out. What the what hell? Right? Because we like to think that nobody goes there. We like to think that everybody just dies and everybody just goes to heaven. Nobody goes to hell. Don't we like to think that? I mean, if you have nobody in the room, maybe you have, and I say this often, nobody in the room, I would venture to say, has been to the funeral where the 
preacher stands up and says, listen, y'all, they went to hell. I'm sorry, but oh my God, damn Right? That's never happened. We like to think that everybody dies and everybody just goes to heaven. That's not what Jesus says. Hell is real, and real people go there. Now maybe you're here, because there's, couple, there's several hundred people here today, there's a lot of people in the room. Maybe you're here and this is what you're thinking. I like heaven, but not hell. I believe in heaven, but I don't really believe in hell. Listen, if that's you, you shouldn't believe in heaven either. Because the same Jesus who talks about hell, talks about heaven. And you can't just pick and choose between what you like when Jesus says, and then what you don't like what Jesus says. You just say, ignore it. Oh, I don't think that's true. That doesn't fit into my life. No. He says it all, and we take it, or we leave it. So if you don't like what Jesus said about hell, I don't see how in the world you're going to like anything else that he says. But look at how Jesus describes hell. Look at what he says. In verse 23, he calls it a place of torment. In verse 24, he says that hell is a place of anguish, where the flame just endures forever and ever. Hell is real, and real people go there. Summit. Let's just talk to our church family for a second. Summit. This is exactly why one of our core values is we will do whatever it takes to reach people because hell is real. This is exactly why our goal on December 23rd is to have a thousand people at some. We're praying, we're planning, we're going to do two services December 23rd, and our goal is to have a thousand people at some. Maybe you can come to some if you hear me drop a lot of numbers like that. You say, hey, is it all about the numbers? My answer, yes. It's all about the numbers. Why? Because every number represents a person, every person has a story, and every story matters to God. Every person matters to God. Look around. Empty seats. Every empty seat represents the person that should be filling that seat that we need to get here because Jesus wants to change their life. Because hell is real, and real people go there. Now maybe you're in your seat and you're thinking, well, not me. <coughs> not me, man. I ain't going to hell. I go to church. So, so you're in your seat, you're thinking you're not going to go to hell. And the reason you think you're not going to go to hell is because of stuff you've done for God. That's exactly what the people who heard Jesus tell this story thought. Because the rich man in this day, from the crowd that Jesus is speaking to, the people believe, oh, well, hey, if you're rich, then that must mean that you've done a lot of good things in your life. God's given you so much because you've done a lot of good things, and you're going to heaven. The poor people, they're going to hell. God doesn't like you. But when Jesus flips it, it's a shock. Maybe that's where you're at today. Hey, I'm going to go to heaven because I've been to church. Hey, I'm going to go to heaven because I prayed a prayer one time, and the dude that I prayed with told me I never need to die again because I prayed that prayer. Granted, that prayer I prayed was about 20 years ago. I don't really like Jesus at all. I just don't want to go to hell. But I prayed a prayer. Maybe you think you're going to heaven because you were baptized. I'll never forget that. I used to be a youth pastor. And I'll never forget that this one girl, I asked this one girl, and she said, I said, hey, are you a Christian? Just so happens she, and I, I was at school, there was something from the school that she was at, and I said, hey, are you a Christian? She pulls out a trapper keeper. You remember a trapper keeper? Remember those? Trapper keepers were like, they were like weapons. You remember that? Remember school? Somebody just like to remember trapper keeper. Bam! So you were she pulls out her trapper keeper, and I promise you the truth. On the front of her trapper keeper, she's inserted a baptism certificate that she got when she was baptized at the age of four. Now she's about 10, 
Sunday school because I thought Sunday school I'm going to heaven. At my old church, I was a deacon. My granddad was a pastor. My daddy knows the Bible like the back of my hand. My mommy talked to me about Jesus all the time, so I'm not going to go to hell because I've done stuff for God or about God. Listen, did you know that Jesus tells a story in Matthew chapter 7? We'll talk about the judgment in just a second. Jesus tells a story where people are going to stand in front of him and talk about all the things they did for God and Jesus on the back. You know, you all, he never had a relationship with He's going to send them out of his presence with us for the eternity separate. Maybe you're here and you're thinking, hey, you know what? I'm not going to go to hell because I'm a good person. You know what? You probably are. I bet you are. But your goodness isn't good enough. If goodness was good enough, then all we needed to do was suck it up and try to keep a bunch of rules. But we couldn't do that, so Jesus had to come and die for us so that even our goodness can be forgiven. See, hell is a place of eternal torment and suffering and pain and anguish. Whatever heaven is, hell isn't. So the best part of heaven is that we'll be with Jesus. The worst part of hell is that we'll be separated from Jesus. And what makes the difference between the rich man and the poor man is whether you go to heaven or hell isn't what you've done, it's what God has done for you through the person of Jesus Christ and whether you've given your life to Jesus. See, 2,000 years ago, Jesus left heaven and came to earth and he lived the perfect life because we needed somebody to take our place, to keep all the law that God had given, to keep the rules that God had given and to live for us. And then Jesus died on the cross a perfect death and three days later he came back to so that we can be forgiven. And the thing that makes the difference between heaven and hell and what happens to you when you die is Jesus Christ. That's why Acts chapter 4 says that there's no other name under heaven and earth by which men can be saved in the name of Jesus. No other name. There is no other name under heaven and earth, earth by which we can have the hope of heaven than Jesus so Mark, how in the world can I know that I'm going to go to heaven? The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, that if we confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised Him from the dead, we'll be saved. See, the key word in that verse is the word Lord. Because the word Lord means, means boss. It means ruler. It means somebody that owns everything. And Jesus didn't come just to get us out of heaven. Jesus came to completely transform our lives so that when we give Jesus our life, we're saying, Jesus, you're my Lord. I want to live for you. I don't want you to use my life. It's not much, but take it. I love you. Thank you for dying for me. I want to live for you. And the Bible says that if you do that today, you can be saved. The Bible says that if you do that right now, then this decision of heaven and hell will be fixed for you, because everybody dies, and then everybody goes to one of two places, heaven and hell, and then the last thing, number three, and then we're done, is that everybody will be judged. Everybody will be judged. See, one day Jesus is coming back. I know I saw on Facebook, I was actually out of town yesterday, but I saw on Facebook that there was an earthquake, and everybody thought in five minutes Jesus is coming. Okay? Right? But one day Jesus is coming back. We don't know when, but the Bible says that one day Jesus is going to come back. And when Jesus comes back, there's going to be an event that the Bible calls the resurrection of the dead. And what that means is that our physical bodies are going to be resurrected from the ground. Because remember, we said that our bodies go in the ground and our souls go to one or two places. But when Jesus comes back, there 
And that means that our physical bodies come up out of the ground. That means that our physical body is, is resurrected. So you're buried, you were buried, you out of the ground. You were eaten by a shark, and the shark split, and all of a sudden, you, I don't know how that works, man. I ain't never, I, I'm just telling you what Jesus said, bro. But your physical body is resurrected and your soul is reunited with your physical body. And then you'll be judged. In, in that moment, the Bible says in the twinkling of an eye. Isn't that awesome? Then all of a sudden your physical body is resurrected, your soul is reunited with your body, and there you stand. And this is for everybody. So, so here you, so there you are, and you don't have a relationship with Jesus. You're here today. You're not a Christian, but in that moment, man, if you ever need it at all, in that moment, you will stand before You. In that moment, your wife will stand In that moment, your husband, your kids. You. And you alone. Not, not your parents with you. Not your spouse with you. Not your family with you. You and you alone. And the Bible calls it the great white throne judgment. And there's only one issue that's on the table here in that judgment. Only one issue. What did you do with Jesus? Did you ever give your life to Jesus Christ? That's the issue on the table in that moment. And you need to know that that issue is determined in this life. That's why when we were reading Luke 16, Jesus put that, that, that element, I don't know if you noticed it, but, but there's that point when the rich man cries after Lazarus, who's in heaven, and he says, hey, will you send somebody, will you just put your finger over here, just dip my tongue in, because this is horrible what I'm experiencing. And he says back to him, we can't come to you and you can't come to us. Jesus says there's a great chasm fixed between us. And what he means is that there's no second chance after death. This is it. This is it. There is no second chance. And so in that moment, when you stand in front of Jesus, if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, then you'll think back to moments like this, where you could have given your life to him. You could have chosen to accept him as your Lord and Savior. But you didn't. For some reason or another, you just left some of that Sunday in November. Maybe you gave some excuse, but you didn't do it. He was tugging on your heart, and you said no, and then all of a sudden, you're in front of him. And you'll think back to moments like this, when the outcome of that experience could be different. You'll know it's too late. As hard as it is to say, you may say, man, this is heaven, man, this is true. And in that moment, we separate from all the In that moment, in that moment, Christians, Christians, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, it says that we'll be judged. And the issue on the table, if you're here, you've got a relationship with Jesus. The issue is not, what did you do with Jesus? Because remember, that was determined in this life. But 1 Corinthians chapter 3 says that every Christian is going to stand before Jesus and will give an account for what we did with the gifts that he's given us. What we did with the resources that he put in our hands. 
what we did with the life that he gave us. We talked about this in the series I love my church that we just walked out of. That every Christian has been given gifts from God and he expects us to serve with those gifts, not set on those gifts. Christian, did you know that you're going to stand in front of Jesus and give an account on whether you sat or served? No, the issue is not, hey, what did you do with Jesus? You gave him your life, but what did you do with the life he gave to you? Did you just sit on What you do with it? What you do with your time? What you do with your talents? What you do with that life? Everybody will be judged. See, in a moment like this, I believe that somebody in the room, Christian, atheist, I don't care where you're at, I believe that there are people in the room who are making this mistake. You're saying to yourself, I'll do that later. Hey, bro, I'm going to do that later. I'm going to give my life to Jesus later. You're a Christian. Hey, I know I'm just giving Jesus half of who I am. I know I'm just giving it basically an hour on Sunday. But you know what? I'll get serious about it later. I bet the rich man in Jesus' story would have loved the later. Listen, you're not promised the later. There's no guarantee of later. But you've been given a right name. You haven't been given it tomorrow afternoon. We don't know if that's coming. You haven't been given it next Sunday. We don't know if that's going to happen. You've been given a right name. So here's my question for everybody. I don't care where you're at in your journey spiritually. I don't care if you're a Christian or non-Christian. Here's my question for everyone in the room. What needs to change? What needs to change? Some of you, the thing that needs to change is you need to give your life to Jesus today for the very first time. You've been running and you've been trying to put it off, but he's brought you here to say, it's time. It's time. Don't put off later when there might not be a later. Right now is what I'm doing. I'm giving you right now. And if you're here and you know that you're not a Christian, you know you don't have a relationship with Jesus, in just a moment, I'm going to give you the opportunity to begin a relationship with Him. But all you need to do is go to God and say, God, forgive me for my sin. Come into my life. Save me. And He will. Don't walk out and try to clean yourself off first. Try to keep a bunch of rules. Now you make some moral improvement first. If we can make moral improvement enough, Jesus didn't need to die. That's why he says, come just as you are. you got a church background, you probably know that song, just as you are. There's a reason that you sang that song. Because Jesus, just like a one-hit wonder, always sings that song. You come just as you are. You come just as you are. You come today with your mess, with your baggage, with your addiction, and your stuff, and you just come because he's greater than your mess. He's greater than your baggage. He's greater than your addiction. Don't wait until later when later might not come. He's giving you a right now, and you come. Giving you a right now, and you come. If you're a Christian, I'm telling you, Christians, when we see him face to face, we will realize he is worthy of way more than an hour on Sunday. Isn't that right? When we see him, we will find out, maybe some of you will, you'll be blown away by it. Because when we see him for all that he is, we'll find out. He's way more worthy than an hour on Sunday. He's worthy of every breath that we breathe. He's worthy of my goals. He's worthy of putting in the center of my finances. He's worthy of putting in the center of my family. He's worthy of putting in the center of my present and my future. 
He's worthy of me letting him define who I am, not my past define who I am. He is worthy. He is worthy. So if there's something that needs to change, if there is something that needs to change, he's given you a now to make that change. Man, I need to stop playing games. He is worthy of not playing games. Some of you are stuck in your relationship with Jesus. We're going to talk about this a lot next week. That's what I say right now. You're stuck. God seems distant because you keep going back to the thing that He says, don't go back there. But He needs to change. That's the question I'm having for all of us. We don't know if we get a later. We don't know if He's going to give us a later. But we know if we get a right now. So let's see. The opportunity that Dear Jesus, we just want to seize this opportunity and give this to you. Father, I pray that you would move and that you would speak to people's lives in powerful ways. With every head bowed, with every eye closed. Christian, is there something in your life that you need to change right now? I'm talking to Christians, I'm talking to people who've got a relationship with Jesus. If you're here, you've got a relationship with Jesus, and God has spoken to your heart. He's spoken to you during the sermon, and he's telling you, hey, you need to make some changes right here in this area. If you're a Christian, God's telling you that, can you slip your hand up right now? Slip your hand up right now, raise it up really high. Hands are going up right here on the other side, right here in the middle. Anybody else right there on the side, raise them up really high so we can see them. Really high so we can see them. Right there, all over the side. Here's what I want to say to you. Here's what I want to say to you. Christian, listen. God doesn't want you to make that change simply by yourself. God wants to help you. And today we've got people right now that want to talk to you, pray to you about that, and help you to take that next step. So if you're a Christian, you just raised your hand, or maybe you didn't, but you know that God is speaking to you, saying, hey, you need to make a change in this area. Right now, if you stand up and make your way to the back of the auditorium, there are people who want to talk to you. If you're here, you're a Christian, you just raised your hand, maybe you didn't even raise your hand. Get up right now, get up right now, and make your way to the back. Some of you are sitting there, and you're saying, oh, man, I look at the people are going to look at you. Who cares? One day Jesus is going to look you right in the Let's do what He wants for a change. Let's be obedient to Him. you got a relationship with Jesus and He's telling you, hey, you need to deal with this. Would you get up right now and make your way to the back of what doing? Some of you are here, though, and you do not have a relationship with Jesus. If you die, if you die, you don't know what would happen. Did you know that Jesus wants you to know what would happen? The Bible says that if you go to Him right now, Confess with your mouth, believe with your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, and the Lord will be saved. So I'm going to pray a prayer. And if you are here and you're not a Christian, you want to begin a relationship with Jesus, I'm going to invite you right there where you sit to silently pray this prayer to God. Pray this with me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sin. Come into my life and save me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for coming back to the dead for me. Here's my life. With every head bowed, with every eyes closed, did you just pray that prayer? Because here's what I want. Here's what I want to say. I want to count to three. If you just pray that prayer, as soon as I say the prayer, I want you to raise your hand. As soon as I say the prayer, as soon as I say the prayer, I want you to raise your hand. Say, I prayed that prayer, or Mark, I want to begin a relationship with Jesus right now. One. Two, three, raise your hand right now. Anybody in the room, anybody in the room who would say, I want to begin a relationship with Jesus. One, two, 
three. Anybody else? Raise your hand. You raise your hand. Very nice. Let's see. Anybody else? Four. Anybody else? Anybody else? Listen. Here's what I would ask you to do. Every time Jesus called somebody to follow him, he called them to do it publicly. So right now, nobody's looking at hand up there. But nobody's looking. If you just raised your hand, I want you to stand up right now and make your way to the back. Because we've got people right now. All they want to do is give you a free Bible and just give you a book to help you take your next step in your relationship with Jesus. If you just prayed that prayer, you just raised your hand, or you want to begin a relationship with Jesus, stand up right now and make your way to the back. Do it right now. Don't wait until next week. Don't wait until late. Don't get to your car or just not done it. You do it right now. People are moving and going right now. People are moving and going right now. Why don't you join them? Why don't you join them? Why don't you join them right now? Not been given. We don't know if we're giving them later, but you know we've got a right now. We're going to seize this right now, and we're going to lead different people. People are moving, and I'll tell you what, we're not going to keep this open long, much longer, but if you need to move, you, let, you make that move. You do it right now. You do it right now. Sonny, can we give these people a round of applause? Thank you. Thank you.
Uh, it's going to be a phenomenal time. So if you're a lady, you know what? This is where you want to be tonight at 6. All right? Hey, i got a couple of other things I need to mention to you. Uh, uh, right, uh, right out front, uh, well, here we go. Let me mention this. Because, uh, man, we're talking about this. Right now at Hazard High School, they're having their band booth and their annual turkey dinner. And I don't know if you realize it, we've taken up every ounce of their parking today. And so, um, so number one, parking isn't usually like like a little crazy in the today, uh, but it's like it's close. But number two, uh, if you're looking for lunch, let's go up there and get lunch from them just so that they don't hate us. Okay? And let's just try to serve them today because we've taken up their whole parking lot. Also, next week, Son of, next week at 12 at the Armory, if you remember Stephen Bell, who was our worship leader, him and his wife made the plans to adopt a baby, and I believe that Stephen shared with you the babies from Africa. Uh, they're having a uh, just a luncheon to try to help raise the funds for that. If you want to be a part of that, it's next Sunday at the Armory at 12, uh, at the Armory next Sunday. And also, uh, I'll just mention this real quick so that we can go. Uh, on December 16th, we're having what we call a Christmas family experience. We'll get more info about that. But if you want to help out with food for that, we need you to sign up for that. You can sign up to help out with food for that event at the next step of the kids' table as you leave. Hey, love you guys, man. Let's stand up. Our band's going to dismiss us. Love you guys. You come back next week. Bring somebody with you, all right? Love you guys. See you later.